Okay, so episode 23. 23. Welcome. Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole to you, sir. So we had um, our good friend um, Mathieu, also a.k.a. the Duff Man. Duff Man. A.k.a. the Cat Lord. Cat Lord. In the house. Yeah. With uh, an incredible story. Yeah, and returning guest uh, Daniel Lejoie. Two weeks in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, and uh, in a commanding fashion, some would say. Yeah. Has returned to the, the fold. <laughs> Always got to have Daniel. Quite commanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First uh, returning uh, two in a row podcast. <laughs> like a third host. Yes. A third host. Yes. Yeah, so anyways, we talked to uh, to Duffman. Very happy to have him on the podcast, mm-hmm. or a second attempt to get him on here, and uh, I think it went great. Yeah, well, as you recall, we almost had him on, but uh, then he um, had a basically a fire in his house. Yeah, he survived a fire. That's insane. That, that's that's sort of so just like there you go. Like the same night he was supposed to come on the podcast, right? Yeah. So he breaks that down for us, and um, we're super happy that he is still with us. And yes, and I think it was a great show. We talked about Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, losing everything in a fire. Uh, his um, struggles with uh, depression it was, it was it was great really authentic and uh, a few PSAs that come out of that and if you know anyone uh, who's going through depression if you you've dealt with it yourself or if you just had anything uh, really horrible happen to you that's made you sort of have to reevaluate your life and everything I think a lot of the things in this uh, episode will resonate all right this is pointless okay it's time for plan B you might want to watch out that front window, Larry. Son, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass! <laughs> welcome to fire in the hole welcome richard thank you welcome to you thank you um i'm happy to be on the show uh, thank you for inviting me guys i'm happy to have you here um i'm not too sure how this is supposed to go down so i'm just gonna follow your lead my lead yes no I'll follow your lead yeah i'm just i'm just very nervous I'm you're the leader i get very nervous i stutter <laughs> a little bit <laughs> hey how's it going great how you doing man good man good it's a cold night but we made it. Uh, I don't know who's listening to this show and why. <laughs> and where. Why are you listening to this show? <laughs> stop. <laughs> what stop are you it. doing? The what qu- are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> the question I actually wanted to say, actually wanted to use was where you listen to the show from. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you've been getting the kind of weather we've been getting, it's it's been, I like, I don't even know what day it is. It's just been like. Two degrees minus thirty, five degrees minus six, plus six minus, and like my fucking head's gonna pop. Like I can't deal with anything. I can't sleep. I can't concentrate. Uh, I, I just, or maybe this is just age. What do you think, Danny? Uh, welcome to the show. First of all, <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, no, I've been, I've been kind of, in, I've been kind of enjoying it. I like. Uh, I like roller coasters, man, and I feel like it's a it's a roller coaster. It's lots of ups and downs. Yeah. Sure is. <laughs> well, it's 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 really mu- like it's really like lame to talk about the weather, I and mean, it's all we do all the fucking time, right? Yeah. But 
I just feel it's very Canadian of us. It's it's kind of Canadian, yeah. But I think uh, everyone's been kind of feeling the weirdness uh, in North America and uh, other places. I think the weather's kind of going fucking crazy everywhere, and it's making everybody sick too. I find yeah. the lack of light too. Yeah, it's a huge thing. You see people like moping around. It's rough. It's rough out there in February. <laughs> yeah, and Valentine's Day. Which oh, may or may not yeah. be a good thing, depending on who you are. Yeah. Or is Stick it even a good thing? Weirdness. Is it good for anybody? Uh, I don't know. It's probably some people it's good for. Yeah. I mean, for Marketers. those people. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> but for those people, I'm talking about couples now. For those people that actually, it's a joyous occasion. Like, do they really need this bullshit to affirm what they already feel for each other? Or is this just like undue pressure? Well, I used to really, really, really hate Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um and I was kind of rebellious against it. I thought it was like, ah, this isn't this isn't romance. Forced romance isn't. It's like the most unromantic thing in the world. Yeah, it's love rape. <laughs> That's what February thirteenth is. <laughs> but in a way, it's fourteenth. Uh, huh? Did I say thirteenth? Yeah, I meant fourteenth. Mm. You see what the weather's doing to me? Sorry, <laughs> go on. But now at this point, I've kind of changed my tune about it a little bit. It's like, it's like, ah, eh, what's a little extra romance? You know, even if. You know, because cause, uh, even if you don't really want to do it, or if you're not feeling it that day, it's not hard to show a little bit of extra romance. Show up with some ice cream. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Duff. What do you think about this? Thank you. Um, I honestly don't know. Uh, it's. I feel like it's a forced, you know, commercial holiday. Uh, and like it or not, you're either going to follow through because everyone else is you know getting gifts or shows of affection or you're going to be obstinate and not do it and then you're still being affected by the commercial holiday anyway so yeah i don't know i just don't pay attention to it period there's also a dark side to the whole thing that nobody talks about and that's like suicides and massive breakups and like the week before valentine's day apparently is like uh (laughs) It's like a going out of business sale of, of breakups, you know? Cause, oh, yeah. And at first, when you when you hear that, you're like, oh, that's really shitty to do that to someone. But then you're like, wait, no. It's actually shitty to do it, to go through the whole facade of Valentine's Day if it's kind of over, right? So it's actually you're trying mm-hmm. to be decent by closing the, the file, right? Yeah. But it just, there's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a no-win situation, really. Pretty much. You know? And Valentine's can actually accelerate that process, too, because you have that expectation that you're supposed to do this big, you know, ovation, but overture. Yeah. But uh, if you're not in that headspace, then that could that could hasten the sure. the end. Yeah. Yeah. I've broken up multiple times on Valentine's Day, which is part of why I hated it so much for so long. Yeah, it'll imprint real fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, I think it's kind of outdated now a little bit too, you know, with all the gender politics and all the like things that are happening with women and women. Mm-hmm. Strangely, no one's really attacking that holiday. No one's really speaking out against it the way that they, they get freaked out over fucking Christmas trees in the shopping mall or, you know, there's all kinds of scandals about that. But it's just a matter of time probably before someone starts to feel like they're being microaggressed <clears throat> by chocolates. I you saw it was a poem today about Valentine's Day, and it was uh, "Roses are red, gender is performative, mass market romance is heteronormative." <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! 
I don't even know what that means. What? Uh, yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> so, Duffman. Yes. Can I call you Duffman? Sure. Or is it just Duff? Just Duff. Just Duff? Duff is fine. All right. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. I can't, I, I can't think of a segue, so I'm just going to say your house burned down. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, your house burned down... What was it like the night that you were supposed to come? It was last time. It was yeah, that's right. Right, like yeah. you were scheduled to come on the podcast on the thirtieth, and that same night, and you early that morning, you couldn't yeah. make it because you weren't feeling well. And on top of that, I felt sick, and uh, yeah, I, I I took some meds, passed out in my living room, and then bam, yeah. But you woke up. I woke up uh, thanks to the uh, fire alarm. Yeah, jeez. Uh, yeah, I yeah. should install some of those. Yeah, um, everybody it, it go check like the batteries in your fire alarm. Right now. there, yeah. you go. It sounds like yeah, music to my ears now. I, I I don't even mind. Seriously, yeah. When someone's cooking something and fire alarm goes off, I'm like, hmm. I feel so safe. Yeah, I see what you yeah. mean. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, I didn't want to drag this out and make this this whole ordeal because you must have told the story a couple of hundred times by now. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can give us the condensed version in the sense that okay. Uh, it was an accident, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, did they ever find out what happened? Uh, investigation still pending. Still actually. pending. And uh, yeah, because uh, I actually went on the site a few days later with the uh, engineers for both my insurance and my um, my landlord's insurance, and uh, they couldn't tell me anything. It's basically like a police investigation. Okay. So, do you live? Did you live in like a split unit or like a, in an apartment building? Um, split unit, and uh, uh, yeah, so it was basically just my apartment that uh, that got affected. The fire. so ground floor apartment, or? ground floor. Yeah. Okay, so the bottom of this building basically scorched, and not even just the whole building, literally just my apartment. Okay, yeah, they managed to contain the fire just in my apartment. Yeah. So the upper. What do you mean they? The, you, the, you the, have the enemies. The, <laughs> the Jedi's. Uh, the, the, the Jedi's. That's yeah. The, the, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no. The the the, the firemen. Yeah. Okay. They, they managed to contain oh, fire. Yeah. I, I thought you meant the arsonists. And yeah. The arsonists. <laughs> they, they really targeted me specifically. Yeah. They, they did beautiful work. They did beautiful yeah. work. Uh, so the the people above you. Yeah. Your neighbors above you are relatively unscathed. Uh, they were unscathed. Uh, the neighbor upstairs had like just a bit of. Uh, Some like, smoke. Uh, well, they had smoke. Obviously, the two apartments above above me and then above him um like maybe a few uh you know like uh what do you call them <laughs> planks of wood the planks of wood that were like chopped off but like unscathed okay so the building's not going down no okay yeah, they're just basically that the actual apartment is a complete loss but uh bad draft yeah, yeah. so it was it was actually just my office that really got affected and the rest is all water damage smoke Okay. And stuff like that, and uh, they had to actually demolish the walls to, and the windows to get through Jeez. and save uh, save the building. So that's mostly why it's a complete loss, basically. Okay. Yeah. So considering the fact that you were that uh, you had taken some meds and you were uh, passed out on the couch, if the fire, let's say your um, fire alarm had the the battery was out or something, I'd be dead. You'd be dead. Yeah. Yeah, I because uh, I take some meds for uh, anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And the ones that I take at night, they completely knock you out. And plus, yeah. on top of that, I had earphones on. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. So, Whoa. and b- by the time I woke up, the fire, when I got to the office, the fire was as hot, as tall as me uh, in the office, like literally where my computer is. And uh, I think I had been inhaling smoke for, for a bit. Oh, shit. You could, have took, just, you could have just never woken up. Yeah, right? pretty much. Pretty much. Jeez. So it was literally the fire alarm that uh, saved my life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
This so is a close call. Orlando. See, very close call. This is the tricky thing about fires, right? Is when it happens to you or someone you know, you know, it's this duality of like, that sucks, but I'm really happy you're alive. You know, mm. pretty much. I, I've heard a lot of that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. It's like anyone that survives something, you're like really happy they survived it, but then you're like, well, obviously you're not happy it happened to them, but you know, mm. etc. So, you know, uh, we're glad you're here, man. In in like two ways now. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really glad you're here. Yeah, I, I barely, I mean, I wasn't really hurt. I had, uh, obviously, smoke in my lungs. I coughed, like, black stuff for a few days. Mm. I had uh, I had frostbite in my feet because I was barefoot outside. Oh, shit. Yeah. They didn't have, like, a one of those buses? Uh, well, that was, like, for a while, I was still waiting for the firemen and the, the bus and everything. So I was, like, outside uh, barefoot for probably half an hour, 45 minutes. Madness. And uh, I managed to, like, basically what happened is I, I woke up. I went to the office, I saw the fire, I tried to douse it, but obviously it's an electrical fire probably at that point, so I couldn't. And then I automatically went outside and I started ringing all the bells, shouting, and I didn't have my phone, so, you know, I was trying to get help and, or at least warn the neighbors. And, uh, yeah, I was outside barefoot. I tried, and then I heard my cats meowing, because I had, uh, I had four cats. And yeah, I heard the meowing, I tried to go in, and this was like, within the space of maybe three to five minutes and uh yeah the, the already maybe a few minutes after i left outside i couldn't even go in like it was the heat and the smoke was it. so bad it's like getting into an oven you know yeah pretty much and uh, yeah so so i i had actually blocked that from memory until a few days ago and um yeah and i couldn't even go in and then uh i was barefoot so i tried to get my boots and uh i like after a few tries i managed to get those but i singed my hair doing that too Whoa. This is why I always wear toque now. Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then the firemen came in, the bus and everything. and yeah. Mm. So, yeah, go ahead. Uh, how long was it before you got to, like, somebody that you knew was able to uh, get to you? Like, uh, like my friends and family, you mean? Or yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, uh, my neighbors were really nice. And uh, mm-hmm. one of them gave my, let, let me his phone. And I called my mom. I called uh, one of my best friends. Uh, so that helped, uh, and uh, like he gave me his coat. Like everyone was amazingly kind, and yeah. uh, like I'm obviously they would they were gonna be supportive, like just to, because right. it's a shitty thing. But uh, like they they were actually very legitimately kind and generous. And they gave gave me smokes and his coat. Mm-hmm. That's some bad taste. I, I find that's a little bit. I know, eh? Right. When, I, when I, when I actually felt kind of weird, like. <laughs> chain smoking in front of my apartment that was on You're fire but I, I would have eaten the fucking cigarette uh, was, I, I like there was nothing else I could do I, I was just like pacing and then the fireman didn't couldn't tell me anything I kept telling him I have four cats I have four cats are they okay are they okay and obviously it's not their first priority but yeah so I was uh, so you're in shock at that point I oh, guess oh yeah total shock totally yeah. what, what were the the cats names um two-face Elijah Wood uh, Explosion Nucléaire and uh, Princess. There you go. Well, shout out to those cats. Yeah. In Kitty Heaven. Yeah. Chilling. Hope they're okay. Chilling. That's never fun, man. I mean, uh, I know how attached you were to those uh, and yeah. those those cats. Like people call you Cat Lord for fuck's sake. Yeah, pretty much. And and they, there was a backstory to that too. It's uh, basically my father was very ill uh, quite a few years ago, and he had a cat, Princess. And uh, while we helped him move. Uh, we didn't even know she was pregnant. She was so tiny. We thought she was like a baby, and she gave birth to three cats. And my ex, myself, and one of my roommates took them in. 
I ended up keeping all three. And then when my dad passed away, I took the mom. Oh, wow. So it was like the big family plus a tie to my dad. And my dad's ashes were in the apartment too. So yeah, it was pretty rough. Yeah. Jeez, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, now that I've brought this podcast really low with that start, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, this side is the, the, the GoFundMe seemed to go really well. It right? was amazing. It was like an uh, outpouring of love. It was an outpouring of love. It was a sh- like, honestly, the biggest part for me was the show of support. Uh, despite the tragedy, I actually, it actually just the support helped me tremendously. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it changed everything for me. Like uh, everyone's kindness, and uh, not just the GoFundMe, but like offers of help, of lodging, of you know, giving random things, and uh, it really helped me pull through. And uh, yeah, because uh, weirdly enough, a month prior to that, I was in a sick leave. I'd been on a sick leave for four months due to depression. Mm-hmm. A month before my fire. Right. And another uh, thing that can happen to anybody, right? fires depression these yeah. are all things that can just fucking happen to anybody yeah and on and to be perfectly honest I, I tell this to all my friends like had this happened to me during my sick leave or you know in the bigger part of my depression i wouldn't have survived it so mm. that's that's another big thing to to talk about uh dealing with uh mental health and mental illness yep uh i i would not have survived this a few months ago Crazy. which is why incidentally i got this tattoo which is a tattoo of? It's a tattoo of a semicolon, uh-huh. and it's basically a symbol of, uh, well, like the punctuation where a sentence would end and another one begins. So it's sort of like pulling, th- like pushing through. And okay, how did you come up with that idea? Because I, I, I saw the picture of it online. You got the semicolon tattoo, and I was yeah. like, that's really clever. But is this like some sort of inside thing with his with it's, his it's sort street of, gang? I or? mean. Uh, <laughs> my tattoo artist actually said it's sort of a trend and everyone has it and honestly yeah the the the, okay. the, the, the semicolon okay yeah the, there's a bunch of people who've done it but and it's it's, it's literally it's that's cool the meaning though it's I, I like, like it. more to come it's it's more to come it it awareness of of mental health and and dealing with mental illness but oh, specifically okay specifically cool. but also like more accurately suicide and because uh, it's on the wrist uh well they, they they put it uh, everywhere but okay. often on the wrist i guess but sure. uh it's like turning a chapter. Like yeah, basically, it's, it's choosing one. life over death. Because I've, I've actually like this is why I was on a sick leave. I actually almost killed myself. Oh fuck! Okay. Yeah, uh, in June, June sixteenth. Yeah. God so, damn. Yeah. Okay, so now, th- like, we're glad to have you here th- three times. <laughs> so now we're at for three different particular reasons. We're really happy you're still here. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, that's the other thing that maybe some people wonder is how we, we know you, right? It's kind of a weird right. connection because mm-hmm. we've had a bunch of people on that we've known for a long time. Mm-hmm. We've had a, some people that we worked with, um, a bunch of people that all worked on this one movie that I made a couple right. years back. <laughs> Which was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and it's the, that, that, that movie keeps on giving back uh, in that way is that like even after the project's come and gone just I realize how many people were involved or supported mm-hmm. it and but uh, yeah I mean I, so I guess even I forgot how we met which was we we worked together right we worked together you Richard and I yeah many years ago yeah, uh, yeah. it's like another life for me it's like so much has changed since then that um, but you, I guess, whose department did you work in? Were you in my department? Initially, uh, well, both of yours. I was in sales. Yeah. Yeah. I started in uh, sales at Ikea and uh, worked there for a few months. And then I went to offices and uh, and kitchens Yeah. later on. Oh, that's right. That's right. With the which ladies. Is, which is, yeah. 
<laughs> that they, wasn't a dig, by the way. That was they they they, they they called me Cookie. Oh, that's right. You were Cookie. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, all still call you Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming back to me now. How there do you go. attract all of these nicknames? Like I've never had a single nickname in my whole life. I don't think. No. No. Yeah. The time I don't is know. going, gentlemen. You got I, I guess uh, Cat Lord, yeah, Cat Duff Lord, Man. Duff. Yeah, it's true. That's true. I don't know. I think people are afraid to give you nicknames. Maybe. Your your best friend, when when we were kids, he would sing the song to me specifically. I couldn't get away with this, but he would sing the, you can call your brother Dick if you want to. (laughs) 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 That's true. So I think I was I was able to get away with it when he was around. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But incidentally, it's it's actually kind of funny because the one of the last orders I made while at, at IKEA was for my second job after that, which was at uh, Ludia, the video game company I work at right now. I've been there for seven years. I actually made an order for Ludia and spoke to the president. Oh, <laughs> like like two weird. weeks two weeks before. Well, I mean, I didn't think about it after. It's just sure. it dawned on me later on. Wait a minute, Ludia it sounds familiar. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you just did you did you like uh, tease your president about it? You're like I know everything that's in your house. <laughs> I know where you live. Well, no, it was actually for for the office. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, so you placed the order that eventually you ended up sitting in the exactly. Office. <laughs> yeah. Probably sat in the the desk area that I actually or like so you know odd. made the order for. It's, it's <laughs> kind of funny. Jeez. Yeah. Man. So what it was destiny. Story. Been there for seven years now. So I, I want to get back to the to the fire just because I think it's I think it's first of all it's important to to talk about it and also there is something good about having it on recording because then if somebody wants to hear the story you can just be like yeah listen to the podcast just listen yeah oh <laughs> cool. look right. at that that's a uh, <laughs> nice head. idea so this may this may be the last time you have to tell the story <laughs> but I'm curious um, I'm curious as to what happens after the the. So you're in shock, and then and then who was the first person that you saw from your circle? Um, my friends were actually asleep, obviously, because they were. It was like two thirty in the morning. My mom yeah. actually answered, so I went to my mom's. Okay. Um, so. yeah, I went to my mom's. Obviously, she took me in right away. I had maybe like the firemen managed to salvage uh, like one bag of things, so okay. I brought that with me. Yeah. Plus, weirdly enough, the drawer unit in my desk, which actually contained uh, all my receipts and stuff, which was amazing. That actually yeah. helped me a lot. Wow. Well, yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, I ended up with my mom for a day, and then uh, uh, I went to one of my friends' place um, uh, who helped organize the GoFundMe, mm. and she ended up, uh, uh, yeah, I lived with her for maybe two weeks until I got my place. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she she was amazing. She she was a machine. Right. Uh, shout out to Jade. Yeah. Amazing friend. She was one of the four people who made the GoFundMe. And yeah, she uh, uh, like not only did she let me live with her, but like the day after the fire, like it was yeah. not messing around. Like I re- replacing my debit card, like getting things done. She helped. She drove me to the apartment that I ended up finding the day after my fire. You know. Wow. Uh, wow. She sounds like a trooper. She is amazing very good friend i'm i'm very blessed as uh, for for friends basically like right. uh, they they all help me tremendously um is she single i'm kidding kidding <laughs> kidding <laughs> no happily in a couple and they're both amazing they both uh, they both were really cool when uh, when i was there um yeah and then uh, my two wives my two uh, right. friends one of them you know sam 
Yeah. And Pat, they were also insane. Like, they just helped me with everything. Were you surprised about, I mean, you, you clearly intellectually know who your friends are and you know about your circles and your social, you know, uh, environment. But did the people that you thought would appear appear? And, like, was, was it, were you sh surprised by the turnout at all? Um, I was surprised in the sense that I had become very cynical about humankind and uh, there, there's a lot of things I just I can't stand anymore in people and I, Welcome I become to Fahrenheit. and there you go and <laughs> and, and honestly the, the show of support was crazy like I I wasn't kidding on Facebook when I said I ugly cried for two days like just looking at the GoFundMe and the messages I got and the calls I got like like I wasn't even crying because of my loss I was crying out of happiness you know and, and out of being moved mm. um It was crazy. Like uh, I, I, hundreds of people donated or donated things or donated on GoFundMe or helped me or offered help. Yeah, I kept refreshing the page. It was crazy. And just seeing it just jump up like within a couple of hours. A couple up, of hours. Like, and and even then, I think it, it capped uh, about two days after, I think, mm -hmm. at 16,000, yeah, which was, I mean, was crazy. Yeah. In two days? That's insane. Yeah, I don't think I've no, ever seen anything rise I, like that. Like, I, that I, I, didn't, I couldn't believe it. I, yeah. I, honestly, like, I mean, I know I have good friends, but I mm -hmm. mean, you know circle of friends like that that was just crazy yeah you talk and we talk a lot about how it's kind of uh some of the perils of social media and stuff and how uh in a lot of ways you know even though we're 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 supposedly more connected than we've ever been you can often like we're actually there's more, a disconnect yeah we're more lonely than we've ever been yeah because the the interactions that we have are so superficial and distant. yeah and the, the yeah. you know you can just put a little oh, happy birthday on somebody's wall and you've taken care of that you know uh, and I definitely agree with that and I, honestly I'm actually a, a big addict of Facebook I post yeah. super often <laughs> and yeah. uh, but honestly it's this what, is the flip side of this that. is the flip side it yeah. actually saved me because who like I mean the minute the fireman brought me my cell it was saved mm. i caught like i called my mom again but then first thing I, i obviously i was in my right mind and i was like panicking and still in shock and i don't know why the the first thing i thought of doing because i'm an addict on facebook is post a status on facebook yeah I saw that. and i was because i didn't know what to do i couldn't talk to anyone i knew and then i just posted it on facebook and immediately even though it was three in the morning like i already got tons of responses right. and right away like at five or six in the morning like people started working on the GoFundMe and like a, mm -hmm. a Facebook group and stuff like that. And, you know, I thought about it later on, ha like who would have thought to post on Facebook about this? They might've kept it to themselves. This is actually what saved my life. Right. Because yes, I am insured. And I remember seeing on the GoFundMe page, one person going like, this is kind of sketchy. Does he have insurance? There's no info. And I remember it, you know, I wanted to talk to the guy, but at the same time, Yes, I am insured, but I still haven't seen any of the money. So the GoFundMe literally, I, I had been on sick leave for four months. I was broke. Right. I was broke. I had nothing left. So the GoFundMe literally helped me yeah, cause what get to you, my new place. Yeah, because what are you supposed to do in the meantime when you're waiting for the insurance money to come in? Exactly. What do you do? You know? I mean, if, if you, you have a cushion, sure, right. which I didn't have because right. I had been on a sick leave for four months. So mm -hmm. it literally saved my so life. You would have like, been fucked. Like, oh, yeah, 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 severely. I would have yeah. been severely fucked. Like, yeah. it helped me. Uh, and I... I keep wanting to post on the Facebook page and on the GoFundMe, but um, mm -hmm. obviously I still have so many things to do and it's a rush at work. But I mean, I, I keep feeling guilty every day that I don't, you know, 
give a you know some feedback or anything. I don't worry, about people. But get it, man. you mean like a like a breakdown of where you're spending the money? Well, not not necessarily where I'm spending the money, but how like how thank you're doing you, or, you know, okay. I thank you and like yeah, like where I'm you at. You want to give sixteen thousand dollars worth of thank yous? <laughs> yeah, how you do that? I understand that you you can't and you don't have to, but I understand no, that true. you feel like you. you yeah, feel. no, and I I still want to, but uh, no, it's I mean. It helped me get clothes, food, you know, like yeah. my furniture, which I still don't have everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm still waiting on the checks from the, the insurance. So, yeah, it, I mean, I wouldn't have anything right now if it wasn't for the GoFundMe. So, yeah, I mean, we, <clears throat> we were talking the other day about like uh, about homeless people and how we have like the huge uh, uh, homeless population in in Montreal. And oftentimes it could be something you wonder what their stories are. But like, what if? What if nobody knew you? What if you were just uh, um, you didn't you didn't have friends, mm-hmm. and then that happens, and then you don't have yeah. you don't have a cushion. No, for sure. You're waiting for the checks to come in. What do you fucking do? They decide yeah. on a technicality that you're not getting anything, yeah. and then and what do also you that because uh, that's another thing. Street. You live that's on another the street, thing. Yeah. I was insured, and some people. I mean, obviously, like this insurance is thanks to my ex because I I was always too lazy to. Pardon me to 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 get insurance and like mm. when, when once I was with my ex, we ended up getting insurance and uh, I kept it. But other than that, I would have been severely fucked if I yeah. you know myself hadn't taken some. And or like you said, technicality like maybe you wouldn't get insured for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's easily that could have happened. And honestly, had I not posted on Facebook, who knows? You know. Yeah. yeah. So check the batteries in your <clears throat> fire alarm, your smoke yeah. alarm. And get some fucking insurance. Yeah, there you Everybody. go. No, seriously, that <laughs> and a, and a cool trick my godfather showed me because also proving what you had and stuff. That's that's the other thing. Like I was lucky enough to have a lot of receipts. I had a pictures. few pictures from yeah. parties and things. But uh, one cool trick he showed me was just take your phone, film your entire apartment, put it on a cloud. There you go. Hmm. You, you take your, the time to film your entire apartment. Like it's even better than a photo because a photo can be whatever from any time, any place. But right. if you film your entire apartment, boom, or your house—that's pretty good, man. That's a good trip. Yeah, yeah. Good tip. Yeah. Good tip. It's great. great. Everybody yeah. do that right now. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, if you if you are if you do find yourself in a situation like that, you know, uh, like you said, a lot of people would, would keep it to themselves and say and and not want to post it because. You know, yeah, it's it's personal, and some people pretty yeah, personal, yeah. but yeah. but maybe in that kind of situation, don't be shy to reach out because you might be surprised at the the kind of support you get from that, that. That's something I've learned through my depression and through a lot of trials is never be afraid to ask for help. It's not a show of weakness. It's it's yeah. sometimes you need help, and uh, right. people will be more than happy to help you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, I guess maybe that's one question I had for you is mm-hmm. um, having s- had a lot of exposure to depression, not myself, but like people that I know. I've had, a, I have a couple of friends who are dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, did it have any kind of weird, like medicinal effect on you? This 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 sort of close call with with uh, like almost dying, seeing all this outpouring of love. Seeing all this sort of did did that sort of in you know do anything? Well, it definitely helped, but it mostly what it showed me is the results of my treatment for the past few months, because I realized during the the, the actual fire, 
um, I mean, I, this hadn't happened to me in years, even before you guys know knew me. It, I could think clearly. I wasn't spinning. Like it, it shocked me. Focused everything. It it shocked me to like emotionally how I could deal with these things. Like obviously, I was in shock the first day with my mom and stuff like that. But I mean, especially with the help of my friends, I I, I wasn't in a downward spiral. I was like, okay, it happened. It's horrible. It's super shitty. But what do I have to do now? Your survival survival instincts kind of came. Yeah, and this I couldn't have done that a few months ago. Uh-huh. Like uh, it it would have it would have killed me. It would have killed me. Like I. Uh, had I not been on my meds or my therapy and stuff like that, I would have offed myself mm. when that happened. I would have thought I had nothing left to lose. And it's, stuff, it's, you, know? you know, it's really great to hear like a, like some positive. Like uh, we were talking to Adam Clark uh, the other week um, about his process of recovery from a concussion, mm-hmm. and you know how much doctors helped him and how mm-hmm. he's sort of healing with by applying all like the the med- the medical community. And pharmaceuticals and everything else, like they, they catch a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very like negatively viewed. There's obviously an, a, a reaction to them, and they're sort of bad guys. You know, just like insurance companies, like they're like the mm-hmm. go-to uh, social cynic, like bad guys, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh fucking, they just want to fucking take your money, or but then Martin like, Scrilly. yeah, Scrilly. <laughs> I'm, I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> well, you know what? That's kind of funny because um, a few times when I've told my story and talked about my experience with the insurance company. I've often gotten that immediate reaction. Oh, fucking insurance company or yeah. whatever. And no, they, they it's a business, bottom line. Like, I mean, you have to know what uh, contract you're on, what you're covered for. And if you haven't completely read everything, you it's know, bottom you. line, it's a business. So it's on you. It's on you. And uh, they're not trying to fuck you over. They're just protecting both you and themselves. And that's all it is. Because I actually, uh, here's one thing for, for dealing with insurance. Um, I had started buying with the GoFundMe money, like my... Um, computer equipment because I work not just at work but uh, also on the side mm-hmm. and I had uh, got my uh, tablet my drawing tablet a new computer like you're a, gra- you're a, d- a graphic art how would you I'm a 2D animator slash artist right okay so this is like your your guitar mm-hmm. if you're a musician yeah pretty these much these are your tools yeah okay. but so the conversation with the insurance rep was like she sort of led the conversation towards because obviously I use it for fun mostly but also sometimes for contracts and uh, she started leading the conversation towards, well, okay, so this is side business. You're growing your business slowly. And in the end of the conversation, she was like, okay, well, you're just covered for 1000 for business stuff. Oh. And I had spent like 9000 or I don't know how much. Oh, shit. And I started panicking. And, you know, that's when people started saying, oh, fucking insurance companies, they're trying to fuck you over. And uh, she was still looking into the, all the minutia of the, the contract and like the clauses. And by the end, like I was panicking, but by the end she said, you know what? You had just started your contracts in in December. The fire was in December, so you're good. But just watch out for your contracts later on. Okay. So you know what? Like she was still, she's she, a human being. She like gave she, you a good one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know yeah. people insurance, you know, and uh, and the <clears throat> fact is, is like every like we we're just talking about the no uh, the shirtless policies, no shirtless people in restaurants policy. A lot of bad, a lot of the weirdness and coldness from insurance companies comes from uh, you know years and thousands of cases of people just actively deliberately wanting to fuck money out of them mm-hmm. right like they are, they are under assault and mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm not trying to create like a poor insurance companies because they do well no no they do well but they are there are people deliberately trying to work the system mm-hmm. every day all day in droves obviously right? as in anything yeah yeah so they're constantly under under a siege 
mm-hmm. from people trying to squeeze in an extra this, setting fire to their homes, mm-hmm. crashing their cars, blah, 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 trying to claim insurance. And so, un- unfortunately, they've had to shore up their defenses. And yeah, the sure. person who ends up kind of smashing face first into this is like the regular guy who just like says the wrong thing during the claim and gets denied for the full compensation when he was just sort of being honest, right? And mm-hmm. he gets he gets a door in his face because he was being honest while all these other people are lying and doing this and the other thing. So it's 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 more complicated than insurance companies bad or good or whatever or good or whatever. It's it's really a huge world with a Well, lot as of in anything, there's always gray areas, you know, subtleties, yeah. very important details to take into consideration. But even then, because of that image that we have of things like that, um I was worried what I would like when she, when the insurance rep actually interviewed me I was being recorded and I I was like what do I say and obviously I can't you don't I myself am not a person who is comfortable with lying so I just said everything straight up and she just told me either way you're insured mm. the okay. only thing like so so that's also a misconception like either way I was insured right. uh, had the fire been my fault then it's a matter of civil uh, responsibility but either way I was insured so that's also a misconception in there it's it's it, you 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 can't get literally fucked over like mm. it's it's then yeah. a civil responsibility kicks in and that's another th- but you're covered for that too you know you're covered for an even greater amount like uh, you know I'm covered for like five figures for my apartment but I'm covered for six figures for civil responsibility so okay yeah, so get insurance, people. <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. Yeah. When but just make sure to know what your clauses are. Because, uh, for, for instance, I had all my uh, father's magic cards and uh, some comic books and RPG books. Sure, which had like, value. Oh, well, I mean, mostly emotional value for me because you can replace that. But sure. for me, especially the magic cards, I, I inherited, when he passed away, all of his magic cards. Okay. And uh, that's worth thousands and thousands of dollars. And for that, I'm only covered for collectibles. For like a thousand so that's another thing like make sure that you're insured for right, what right you have and what you need mm-hmm. yeah pretty much so i'm curious um you you were back at work at this point right you were off of you were off of sick leave at that yeah. point yeah so you've yeah. been back to work for a month or so? a month yeah okay and how were you at that point like mentally how are you feeling um with regards to the depression, I mean, or yeah, and just in general, like what what was your what was your state like before this happened? Like, were you I was actually place? getting much better. I was in yeah. a much better place because of the treatment, right, and everything. So when you talk about the treatment, that's that's. Uh... Uh, uh, I had gone to the Douglas, which uh, okay. was uh, it's a place where they deal especially with depression and uh, suicidal intent. Okay, and uh, yeah, I was followed by a psychiatrist, social worker. It was outpatient, uh, whole, like you were... Yeah, 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 outpatient. And also a crisis center called uh, L'Autre Maison, which was amazing. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I got the right amount of treatment, right amount of meds. I was literally so again, getting again, so much better. Here's an uh, example you don't hear very often. The system actually doing what the fuck it's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. it really did. Uh, but I mean, but uh, at the same time, though, I have to say, I had been, I, I've been struggling with this since I was probably eight years old, uh, mm. to varying degrees. Uh, in high school, I attempted a few times to kill myself and uh it it varied i mean even when i got to know you guys i wasn't all there like uh it it, it was pretty i was tempted to make a joke like i have that effect on people but (laughs) i I realize it's not funny i'm sorry (laughs) 
I just had Actually, to... I, I, I don't take uh, much offense to anything. Okay, a joke so is I a have joke. that effect on people. Yeah, there go, go on. I agree. <laughs> I, I agree, though. But, um, Somehow he's developed a pretty thick skin. Uh, Somehow. <laughs> it's true, though. Actually, especially after the fire, I, I developed this really no fucks given yeah. attitude. And it finally, because I've been wanting that attitude for a long time. Yeah. And I just couldn't have it. Uh, yeah. And I, also, no bullshit. I have a no bullshit filter now, which yeah. is pretty awesome. Um, but yeah. So, so had you. So, so having struggled with it for a long time, had you sought out help? Um, I did. Before? I did. Yeah. And actually, I I went to the ER of a certain hospital two or three years ago. And one of my good friends, Esther, you, yeah. know, you know her, yeah. she came with me. And so the system doesn't always work, actually. It's, it's also a great area because that time yeah. I got no help whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like I was getting better, but my doctor was concerned and I was worried that I would fall down again, mm. and I really wanted help. I didn't know where to get it, and they were like, "Well, you're not actively trying to kill yourself now," so they just shoved me oh, aside. Yeah, yeah. 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 Happened to a friend of mine, and she yeah. uh, unfortunately took her own life uh, 15 years ago. So yeah, I don't. By all means, do, do not interpret what I'm saying as the system works. Is an absolute time. no, but it but can. It, it's nice to hear sometimes it actually catches yeah. someone in need. But it's it seems like if it's not. Uh, if it's not a fire that needs to be put out immediately, <laughs> uh, then they Boo. won't do anything about it, you know? Boo, also, incidentally, <laughs> the title of this podcast, Fire in the Hole. Yeah, yeah. Oh, true. my God. Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> so many triggers. Oh, there you so go. Many triggers. Uh, but, uh, no. Actual see, fire in an actual hole. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, fire uh, in the house. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I hate you guys. So. <laughs> What would you have any advice for somebody who uh, who is going through that? So maybe they're not necessarily actively trying to kill themselves, but they're, they're maybe it's it's exactly actually I'm uh, sort of in a similar situation right now because I have a few friends who are struggling with depression and yeah. and it is in 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 that vein right now. It's it, like some people are struggling. They might they have suicide in their they're borderline. Yeah, they're borderline, and I've actually been. You know, inquiring uh, about that too, like with the Douglas, with the system, like what's the correct steps to take? Right. And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of harder because it's a grayer area. It's you're not an immediate threat to yourself. So does it help to talk about it? It definitely does. Like with your friends, with your family, with with your doctor. Uh, I mean, your doctor. If you have a family doctor, and even if you don't, if you go to a walk-in clinic, yeah. they can help too. And I mean, if they assess that you're a threat to yourself, then they will help. Sure. And would you ever advise to, and I'm, I'm, this is just, I'm just spitballing. Yeah, here, go ahead. But would you ever advise for somebody to say that they they are a harm to themselves, even if they aren't, if they? You mean if you perceive them as being a harm to themselves? No. Let's say that I'm I'm uh, I'm severely depressed, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not suicidal, so they're just like, "Oh, cool! You, it's, you, you just go away now. We're not going to help you." Would you ever advise somebody to be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, well, I am a danger to myself." To unlock the system, oh, just to unlock the help that. that um, this is dangerous territory. Yeah, I realize this. Um, yeah, what are you doing? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> what well, are you doing? This Fair this enough. goes also in the in the conversation with the insurance reps, where you know, saying something just to to maybe get the right help because sometimes you get fucked over. I don't think so because the minute you know that you're not necessarily a threat to yourself or your life, but you're 
exhibiting symptoms of depression, you can get help. Depending, I mean, sometimes companies have a good, uh, you know, program for that. Or mm -hmm. even if you don't, there's a lot of places where you're covered by Medicare that you can get help. Um, and if you're not a threat to yourself, then doctor, you can seek therapy, CLSC, uh, uh, you know, like mm -hmm. they have help for that too. The, the, you just, the thing is, it, it's not necessarily super obvious, especially when you're in that situation where to seek for help, but right. which is why it's important to talk about it because maybe you have a friend, like for instance, like me, like who's you, been yeah, there yeah. and you're like, yeah, okay, you need to go there. And I, like, uh, I'm currently making calls for a few friends because okay. I know that what they're going through and it's good. It's important to talk about it. So what do you think was the main difference though, between when you would, when you had sought out help before and not gotten the 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 kind of help that you needed, and this time where you where you did get the help that you needed. Um, I think one of the differences for me anyway is I had spoken. Uh, actually, it's my family doctor who was worried because of a few things, um, and he told me to go to the ER. But I wasn't at that time a danger to myself, and perhaps I wasn't directed to the right venue okay. to get help. But I mean, through therapy, CLSAs, social workers, you can get the right help for the what you're going through. And okay. I think that's, I wasn't directed to the right venue okay. of help, you know. I was like, he was, because I had some, I don't know, I had, it had slipped from my uh, tongue that I, you know, I had suicidal thoughts because he asked those questions. And then right. he's like, okay, I'm worried, go to the ER. Like mm -hmm. he sent me to the ER of a hospital, and obviously I wasn't a drastic case, so I wasn't sent to the right place for the help I needed. Basically. Okay. Yeah. So if you could try and distill some some kind of advice to, to, to somebody who might be in that situation, what, what would you say? Well, there's there's hotlines for that. There's definitely talk about it with some friends, at least for support, and maybe they would Fire know. Fire in the hole. Fire in the hole. <laughs> Maybe they would know where to go. Uh, there's crisis centers all over Montreal. Yeah. There's one in uh, in Verdun, actually. That's the one I came to, Little Maison. Yeah. Uh, there's, I forget the names of the ones in the East End and Centre Ville. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have some links there for mm -hmm. for that that I can uh, give, and and even if it's the, not the right crisis center for you, they'll usually direct you to the one that's closest for you, and yeah. they have people who will help you with anything you need, no matter what the level of help you need. And it's even a safe place to go to. They have, you know, bedrooms and uh, like, so if you need a place to crash or to get away, and uh, no, it's, it's that that's definitely what helps. Bless those people, man, in that Seriously. work this industry. And thank you for, for saying that. I'm sure that helps a lot of uh, a lot of people. If it does, then that's awesome. Even if it helps one, right? Yeah. 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 No, man, seriously, this again goes back to our conversations about like these people who do these fucking jobs that like, we we ignore right um but that are has such a contribution to society just like orderlies yeah right orderlies are mm -hmm. fucking amazing they're great yeah right i've met some amazing orderlies just orderlies yeah. not registered nurses who are in in, in, in that's in itself a, like another like miracle sure. worker that's a great one of those too saints right yeah but orderlies, uh, just crisis center people, mm -hmm. hotline people, sure, they're drawing some sort of measly salary from it. But like, certainly it's not a lucrative business. No, it's uh, thankless jobs and they do it because they want to. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's weird because like, even though I was suffering from depression but didn't know it, like I would see tons of ads, especially like in the 90s or like early 2000s, 
you know, tons of posters about that. And I was like, I, I didn't know what to think about that. It didn't seem to affect me or anything. Like you thought like, it, why was, it, it, didn't, it, it didn't like make it connect with you? Yeah, or? it didn't connect with me. But I was like, why are there so many posters about this? Or why are there right. so many ads? And like, I think until you go through it, you don't realize the full or if you don't have someone in your circles that is going through it, you don't understand the depth of it. Like even with celebrities like it doesn't compute like robin williams like he, he was mm. one of the funniest people ever and actually his death really marked me because i knew it could have been in his shoes you know like he mm -hmm. he seems always so funny and happy but he was a severely depressed yeah, person a lot of those a lot of those way too funny way too animated people tend to be like it's the sad clown sort of syndrome mm -hmm. jim carrey too yeah uh, dealing with a lot of depression issues and things like that yeah yeah well i think there was a quote with robin williams there Uh, the, the, often the people who are the saddest are the, the ones trying to make you smile the most. I'm only laughing on the outside. My smile is just skin deep. If you could see inside, I'm really crying. You might join me for a week. <laughs> uh, animation. Yeah. How did that start? How did that start? Were you always were you drawing as a kid? Always drawing? Uh, uh, yeah, I was a kid who drew all the time, basically. Uh, I drew since, I don't know, apparently I was three. Uh, it's always been part of my life, storytelling and uh, drawing. And uh, incidentally, the reason I went into animation at school was to create this long-time project I've had. It started when I was 10 and uh, is still in the works and I still want to do later What, on. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Or? Um, yeah. Um, It's basically, uh, it was a story I started writing when I was 10, when I became an atheist. When you became an atheist at 10? At 10. So here's the thing. Um, I actually went to boarding school with nuns and uh, priests when I, when I was 10, when I was 8 actually. Um, for 8 years, I was in boarding school. Whoa. Which school? I went uh, for grades 4 through 6 at uh, Marie Clarac. Okay, yeah, I know Clack. Yeah. yeah, that's in Montreal North, but the one I went to was in Saint Donat. Okay, so out in the out in the woods, sticks in the middle of the woods, and uh, yeah, I was surrounded by religion all the time, and uh, I started questioning more and more. And weirdly enough, it's nothing, related. Nothing will make you an atheist like going to Catholic school. Well, f yeah, I can basically. attest to that definitely. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and uh, basically, ironically enough, what made me an atheist was. Uh, Uh, my dad, because my dad was Wiccan, and I full went on, to a, like full-on full on Wiccan, and uh, at some point we had read an excerpt at school with the nuns, all witches and heretics shall burn in hell, and I started freaking out, and I was like super sad, and in the middle of the night in the dormitory, I was crying, and the nun came over to me, and she said, uh, why are you crying? Well, because my dad's going to go to hell, and like, oh, of course not, why? Why would you say that? Because he's a witch, and dead silence and I was like <laughs> you scared the shit out of her <laughs> and and she scared the shit out of me because I was like what are you talking my dad's like a good person he adheres to all the edicts of uh, Catholicism or whatever why would he go to hell because of what he believes and that's when I started questioning and then uh, later on it was because of a cat I was giving away a cat and uh, I was like uh, am I gonna in the middle of class I was like am I gonna see Fripon in heaven and she's like no cats don't have a soul And, I'm like, and I was like, what? Thank you, religion. Yeah. And <laughs> without knowing it, at 10 years old, I started getting into a, a creationism versus Darwinism debate with a nun. 
and I was sort of winning, and I was like, I'm 10 years old. Why? Why Why am I poking holes with this shit at yeah. 10 years old? Maybe because it's stupid? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and uh, so, but suddenly came the dread of knowing that nothing happens after death, and I was like, what the hell? And I was right. getting super depressed and an- anxious, and basically I started writing. I, I, the, my coping mechanism was writing about death, and uh, not, not, like the, not the subject of death, but I started personifying death and making death this kid who was my age and and uh, making that kid go through things I was going through and empathizing with that character. And, you know, 25 years later, I'm still writing about that character, only it evolved a lot. And it's a story very close to my heart, and I wanted to animate it, so I went to animation school. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, animation, uh, okay. So computer animation or did you originally start doing it you know traditionally uh yeah i studied uh, traditional animation i had the option of doing 3d but ended up going going to work after that uh so i uh, sort of slowly learned learning 3d uh, in while working basically but yeah traditional animation traditional 2d animation which yeah. is amazing super fun and i know i know you play Dungeons and dragons too so I, and i feel like again Catholic school also made me want to play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, this is another funny story. <laughs> this is another funny story, also related to my dad. Um, I realize now, not to go too much in that subject again, but I realize now that my dad suffered through depression a lot. Uh-huh. He, d- he couldn't really, and so it was in the family, and he didn't know how to deal with me. He was always away, and I knew he played D&D. He was a d- DM for 20 years. And uh, while I was in boarding school, I just saved up quarters and I would, uh, I started a game at uh, in my high school with my friends. And instead of reading the book, I would call him on uh, during my lunch breaks to get tips from him. To get tips, uh, like uh, such a chapter, what do you do in this case, and blah, blah blah. And suddenly he started, you know, like he. I think he just didn't know how to talk to me. And by taking that subject and like sort of forcing him into conversation with me, he was like, oh, like he like likes something I like. Yeah, it was a bonding agent that I sort of pushed him into, and suddenly we started bonding like crazy and we were sort of two dms and it was like in you know in the family bloodline Little and stuff conspirators yeah and that's uh, amazing you know what's funny is we just we had an episode about dungeons and dragons oh right? yeah with uh, eric jean okay and uh, mark gervais we really like sort of it was sort of, sort of the idea was richard who was a non-initiated person kind of was like okay what's the deal yeah you guys wear fucking wizard hats what's the deal <laughs> you know and it was a really entertaining episode but what i realized after that that uh you know, Dungeons and Dragons in the seventies came out. In the eighties, it became kind of like a go-to freakout um, subject for for uh, religion. Yeah. Right? They're like, "Oh, it's evil!" Oh, they were cartoons. There are these amazing comic strips that they used to circulate in Christian communities mm-hmm. about how Dungeons and Dragons led to satanic worshiping and the occult. And really, they're hilarious yeah. Oh, yeah. now. If you oh, saw yeah. them, they oh, were yeah. they were all they were all in these pamphlets and stuff. But the irony of that is, you can't really enjoy Dungeons and Dragons or you enjoy Dungeons and Dragons more if you have that Judeo-Christian package. background yeah 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 because the whole those all, all those concepts are all there the good and evil the like you know being a, a lawful person being a chaotic person being an evil person mm-hmm. all these dynamics are pure Judeo-Christian concepts for sure know? and uh, those are the struggles okay so you started writing the story and you're still writing it yeah how close are you to like delivering this thing well, actually, throughout the depression, it, it got really uh, difficult to, you know, work on that. But uh, now it's uh, it's picking up steam. I actually talked a lot with uh, with Fred, 
Fred Nguyen, who's been on the show. Fred Nguyen, who you've had uh, yeah, on shout the show. Out. Shout out. Shout out to Fred. Coming and, for you, Fred. Uh, and uh, we Watch talked it. about projects. Like, I, I ha- always had sort of projects in the work works, but uh, I never really got around to, you know, to doing them uh, because there, there was this sort of veil, like, over me and, like, this numbness, and I couldn't really do anything. And now that, like, it's sort of lifted, I'm like, okay, there, there's so many things I want to do. Let's and this story... That that uh, that that's been like sort of uh, blooming for for yeah twenty five years and it's it's close to my heart and I've actually incidentally through D and D, which is an amazing agent uh, creative agent like uh, I kept putting my games in that setting in my story setting. Okay, you're workshopping your ideas. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it's funny because a lot of my close friends know about this story and they they they're invested in it and they they're, they're invested in the characters and they keep telling me, dude, you should do something with this and. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so now it's it's much closer. I've I've sometimes posted things like designs and like I try to do things, but now I'm actively animating on my own for fun. And yeah, it's is this going to be like a like a two D animation? Two uh, D, co- but computer animation. Two uh, D, uh, okay. traditional or like some digital, but like two D. Literally with like the, the just drawing every action every movement drawing every frame but there's also like uh, there, there's a newer form of 2d animation called uh, digital cutout where it's like sort of like south park or like much m- many of the cartoons we see now are sort of a hybrid like it's it's okay. faster to animate but it's like it's, puppeteering it's like sort of puppets yeah you draw you 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 make drawings but they're puppets so it's much faster production value but usually it's not as nice looking okay there's some good hybrids, but like for instance, Avatar, mm-hmm. The Last Airbender, that's purely traditional. Is that how they did it? No, oh, no that's they, that purely two D, okay. and but it takes so so much longer to yeah. do. Like The Simpsons and Family Guy, that's traditional animation with some cutout, but that takes so much longer to do. Whereas with a cutout, like I mean, we actually have a lot of studios here in Montreal that do series mostly in cutout, and mm-hmm. it's fast production value. So that's why they usually do it that way. But yeah, my, in my ideally, I would like to do. Uh, uh, some sort of hybrid to try to be able to pump it out myself, basically, because yeah. it's a lot of work. It's such an interesting world, animation. I don't know. Do you guys dig any animation at all, or, or has that ever ever been something that you guys were into? I'm not huge into it personally. I mean, um, I, I enjoy. I guess I enjoy storytelling if it's if it's if it's done properly. And oftentimes, uh, you know, animation allows for the kind of storytelling that you can't do with with uh, Live action. Like live action, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess I enjoy it in that respect, but I don't. I'm not a, very much of a visual person, so I don't spend much time just like, oh wow, look at how they look at how they animated that. I, I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's not my my jam. It's not your thing, right? Yeah. What about you, Richard? I'm into anime, cartoons. Uh, at a certain point, I was into drawing myself, but uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, just. Uh, Dabbling, dabbling, kind of a thing. I he was really good, actually. He was good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the people who usually dabble or tend to be really good, and you get the odd really talented person that goes full steam ahead, and then a lot of people who are terrible, like, are really adamant about conti- like they're really <laughs> de- dedicated to their terrible art. And yeah, it's like the uh, American Idol singers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're committed to their to their to their bad bad. And no one's told them. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's become a show on its own, right? To, yeah, to see yeah. people sort of smash. I used to sculpt too. I remember that. That's when the first thing I learned about you is that you, yeah. you messed around with sculptures and stuff, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I played around with some uh, visual art uh, early, early on. Yeah. So, yeah, some some drawing, some painting, some sculpture. That kind oh, that's of stuff. amazing, though. Having a creative outlet is amazing. Just music, art, mm-hmm. anything. I find it's it can totally help through so many things that are just it's just being able to channel what you're feeling or picturing yeah you were describing it as a coping mechanism yeah you know when you were a kid yeah but then because you know the subject has come up a little bit about creativity and your mental state and it's from uh, one of the recent podcasts where serena came on um she was talking about uh these ideas from uh, elizabeth gilbert about uh a book that she wrote called Big Magic about how we romanticize the the suffering artist and that it doesn't need to be that way. Um, but you were saying that that was your coping, coping mechanism when you were a kid and mm-hmm. then at a certain point when you were really at your lowest, you couldn't work on... No, exactly. It's it's, But there, there's a difference between having a down period and suffering through clinical depression also. Yeah. Because... Uh, like sometimes when I was in a bad place, that would, I mean, when whenever you're feeling something, a creative outlet will be awesome, right? No matter what it is. But like through depression, though, it's debilitating. Right. I mean, I noticed the difference. Uh, not to go back in that subject, but um, you know, by the the last few years, I was becoming more and more of a hermit, and mm-hmm. like sort of, you know, I was I was melting away. Like I couldn't do anything so that was different but but when you're feeling something like bad breakup or i don't know you're Mm -hmm. super down or like you don't want to go outside because like seasonal depression or like you know it's cold outside or anything like you can channel that into creative juices but right yeah i was always kind of uh uh, and curious about because um i was always curious about what would happen i've gone through some some pretty rough times myself and there's one in particular there were two members uh where i you know i'd gone through a really really bad breakup and at that point i couldn't work on music yeah it was just too it was too much like i I was just but i was also really scared about the idea of going on medication because Mm -hmm. i was worried that it would just stabilize you stabilize me too much i get that i was afraid of that too you were, eh? Yeah, yeah. Like dull your senses? Dull your senses. Yeah, yeah, I was I was I was legitimately worried about that. And how is it like having- Well, I was I was really worried about it too, but also incidentally, when when you go through clinical depression, anxiety or whatever, mm. medication isn't always the, you know, the first go-to thing. Right. Uh there's a lot of different, you know, alternatives. It's it's not just about just being doped up. But sometimes you just need it to balance yourself chemically, like in which is my case. Like okay. I totally could tell the difference. Yeah. I'm a different person. You know? So they found the right cocktail yeah. for you, and now yeah, yeah. you. And it's it's it's. I mean, during my four months, I started realizing sometimes just going for groceries or whatever. Holy crap! Today I'm happy. Yeah. And that hadn't happened in years, and I mean years, like decades. You know. Yeah. And that was messed up. Like, I was like, okay, this is really helping me. Hmm. But also during my darker times, when I started taking the meds, I was actually almost, uh, I almost wanted that that numbness, like that neutrality. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. want to feel anything. You wanted to turn your emotion chip off? Oh, yeah. 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 I want, like, uh, I wanted to be uh, data, you know, yeah. not 
lore. But uh, uh, yeah, it's, but I mean, at first it sort of numbs you. Mm-hmm. But if you find the right cocktail, it'll just eventually, you know, you start being normal. It'll allow you to, okay. to be yourself. And yeah, and- like for, for me, especially in the, in the end, uh, like the last time I really tried and I had the good cocktail, at first I became just numb and then super happy and then back to down again and then like it just sort of oscillated back towards being normal okay and that's that's what i'm at now and that's amazing but it's not for everyone and a lot of people are super worried about medication and that's normal like you don't want to be on medication necessarily but the best analogies i've found is if if you discover you have diabetes are you just going to say no to medication and insulin because you want your body to you know, fight against it by itself. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you you need the insulin. Like, you're you're you need it to be okay. Yeah. And it's the same thing for mental health. It it shouldn't be a taboo. Like, it, you just get the treatment you need. Some people mm-hmm. can be okay without insulin and just eating right. And that's fine. Yeah. But some people need the medication, and it's the same way for mental. So, health. what do you attribute your recent creative resurgence to? Uh, I think it's just I became okay finally. For, for the first time and not just creative juices it was like at work I had been struggling at work for the past few years and they've you know my, my, my company has been so supportive of that like they knew I was having troubles they just didn't understand and once I realized it was depression I told them and they've been very supportive through that I managed to get the help I needed and then boom like I, I became okay and suddenly I could create I could I could have fun doing things and uh, we've had daddy kind of uh and a couple of other guests um, give us an ins- some insight into the way that they approach creativity mm-hmm. and the way they create their creative process. Yeah. Um, what would you say was is your process, if you had to sort of think about it? I don't know. It depends. Uh, often I'm, insp- I'm inspired by things I see, obviously. Uh, Are you strategic? Because um, for, I mean, for I'm some more, people I'm, it's I'm like chaotic. they take uh, emotional dumps. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think it's emotional. Uh, it used to be emotional dumps, but now it's more like I get ins- I get a flash of inspiration by something, and suddenly I go like, "Okay, I could do this. I could do this. I could do this." And then I get I go overboard. But now that I know myself, I go like, "Okay, this is awesome. Rain it in. Rain it in. Mm-hmm. What can I do realistically? Okay, let's baby steps." And then, like for instance, now like I, I just started animate a bit. Like uh, I wanted to get back into it hardcore. So okay. I drew like a, I animated a little Ryu doing a Hadouken, and now, okay, next step, I want to animate a dialogue scene. Okay, that's more ambitious, but just keep it short. And then, you know, baby steps, and you start working more towards it, doing some illustrations, some contracts, and at work, I get a creative outlet too. You know, so yeah, sh- shout out to your company, man. For uh, they're amazing, Ludia. It's 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 they they've been amazing. HR, my. My leads, uh, my teams—they've—they've they've been so supportive. Everyone. A lot of companies just like uh, they'll either immediately shuffle you over to their like human resources or whoever. Like, they nobody wants to deal with it. Yeah. Or they cut you loose, or they just—you know—they want to—they don't just—they just don't want to touch you, right? No, exactly. And 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 throughout my teams, I've gone through a few teams there, and my my first lead, uh, Sarah, and my producer Guillaume—they were so supportive. Uh, and then uh, my other team right before my sick leave, uh, my producer Mary Kay and uh, my lead Wesley, they, they're the ones who really went like, okay, you need to deal with this. And even human resources, they, they were just, uh, uh, my human resources uh, agent Kim, like she, she was 
backing me, you know, to and fro. Like, uh, it was it was amazing. Okay, like, that, so that's what helped The me. count so far is positive story about pharmaceuticals, <laughs> positive story about insurance, positive story about human resources. <laughs> we're, we're breaking down yeah, the... Yeah, breaking the molds. The molds yeah. all over the place. That's great, man. So and you're back at work, right? Yeah, yeah I've been back at work, actually also surprising i was back at work the fire happened on the 30th and i was back at work on the third right away and wow. uh, and uh that was first of all because i was feeling better but also i needed to keep yeah. my mind off things too normal, yeah. and feel yeah. to feel normal right yeah because yeah, some you like you, you feel like maybe not everything's been knocked out from under you yeah for sure and at least work was working and uh and uh, plus it kept my mind off things so that yeah was amazing i remember uh, jason you were telling me a story about when you had a fire oh yeah Right, or the was it the apartment across the hall from you went up in smoke? Yeah, we were talking about it with Duff on the. We ran into each other on the way here, and uh, yeah, I was telling him like, yeah, it actually, I I not forgotten about it, but I haven't thought about it in many many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was it was a bit of a different situation. I lived in an apartment building, third floor, and I guess one parallel with uh, Duff's story is that I had work that morning, and I'm not the type of person to like sleep past the clock or whatever but for whatever reason i slept right through it i woke up at 11 which is a really weird time that i never wake up at 11 o'clock in the morning ever yeah either way before especially now that i have kids uh or (laughs) or i make a day of it (laughs) so my girlfriend had gone off to work everyone was gone it was just me and i woke up and you know when you like walk around with that little daze Mm. and you're like Yep. Constantly. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know when you're like... In that days right now. <laughs> there's the waking up like 30 minutes late and they're like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then like you're just pedaling to get to work. And then th- when you've overslept by two hours, you're like, okay. You just, you kind of get into that space where like, uh, like the um, dude from Office Space when he gets hypnotized and, <laughs> yeah. and no mm-hmm. matter what people tell him, he's like, I'm fine. I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Sure. Fire me. I don't care. So you're just sort of, I was sauntering around my apartment. I was like... Okay, well, all right. That then. just triggered the shit out of me. By the way, did that? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I forgot. Misnomia. Misophonia. 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 But I'm just kidding. It didn't really. Okay. How about this? No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, cunt. <laughs> I'm cutting that out. So, so I'm sauntering. I'm sauntering around my apartment, and uh, I have this weird behavior. I don't know if you guys have this. I occasionally just go over to either my back door or my front door and I look outside. There's no one coming. There's nothing expected. There's no noise. I just periodically have this weird, like, I'm just going to go and look out and see what's in front of my house or in you the like back. You yawn and scratch your belly? Yeah, but I just look out. I'll like <laughs> peek through the blinders and I, yeah. I don't know why I do this. I don't know why I do this, but it's just a thing. Maybe it's an insecurity thing, whatever. So I just saunter over to my door and I look out the peephole and I could s- the first thing I noticed is the the door to the apartment across the hall it's peephole is that what it's called because I feel like yeah, peephole. it's yeah, peephole. 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 it's just one of those things that if you say it enough it starts to sound weird, it sounds weird. Peephole. Peephole. <laughs> peephole. so all I noticed is that the peephole on the door across the hall peephole. was like a red light like it looked like a little red light and I'm like oh, well, that's kind of fucking odd what is that so I open the door and I'm looking at the door and it's kind of warp warping in a strange way. And I was like, okay, I'm, I must still be asleep or something like what the fuck. Mm. And then I spot at the top of the door, like a, th- a thin white smoke, just puff of smoke, just like 
uh, come out of the door, like the crack of the door. Backdraft. Backdraft. And um, you go. The, we go. <laughs> the second <laughs> I smelled it, the second I smelled the 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 smoke, I was like, oh, that's not somebody cooking. Mm-hmm. I lived in a very uh, very like uh, mixed area, like very ethnic, mm-hmm. you know, uh, ghetto kind of area mm-hmm. for long years. I grew up there, so you know, people having cookouts or you know getting their cook on was not unusual. But th- I definitely immediately I was like, no, this is this is wrong. And like then now I realized burning and shit. Yeah, I realized now that the, the fucking door, the people on it was like actually like it was lit up because inside was a full blown fire, and so. I like shit, shit. I just grabbed the bag. I shoved some things in it. Uh, I was like, "Where's my cat?" Uh, fuck, I don't know. Uh, all right. So I, I thought for some reason to grab my IDs and my girlfriend's IDs mm. and just shove them in the bag. And at the time, I was doing capoeira, so I randomly thought of grabbing my berimbau, which is like the the percussion instrument. Doing a few black backflips. Yeah, do a couple of backflips. <laughs> exactly. Dance fights. <laughs> yes, I sang a couple of songs, yeah, played yeah. a few tracks on my on my berimbau, and yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I guess because it was new, and that's just what I thought of. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I just grabbed it and I pulled the alarm, and because it was an old building, the alarm tended to go off from time to time, uh, and so everyone was like, "Fuck!" When they're like coming out of their apartments, they're like, "What the fuck?" I was mm. sleeping or whatever. I'm like, no, no. This is for real. Get the fuck yeah. out, people. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, this is for real. This is for real. This is not a drill. No. And uh, I was just standing outside, and I was watching the firemen, like, just smashing in my windows and going in. And I was telling Duff about this. I started sort of mentally checking off all my belongings. I was like, okay, I guess that's it for your computer. Okay, I guess. Oh, oh I really, I, that jacket I liked. Okay, that's gone. And mm-hmm. I just, like, checking off all the things that I'd, I'd lose. And then we're feeling a weird sense of release for just a second. And this sounds like bullshit, but I swear to God, I was standing there holding my bag with my beer, looking up, the firemen are smashing in my windows, and I'm like, I'm free. I'm, I'm free? I'm free. But just for a split second, right? Yeah. It must have been like temporary insanity, but I was no, just like, I don't think it is. All man. my shit is gone. It's everything that ties you. Yeah. I can just go anywhere. Yeah. Well, they say that your your belongings uh, own you. Right, right. In a way, right? Because you have to be constantly aware of their existence, mm-hmm. protective of those things. and Make sure people don't steal them. And yeah, that. particularly like, uh, I mean, even more so if you tend to be like a, the wealthy type with... Mm-hmm servants and which i was no. and <laughs> boats but i'm like 25 that was a big this. theme in fight club <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely. yeah, yeah but i'm yeah, like 25 sure. years old at this point so i was like i had no kids no no important job uh that i couldn't live without or whatever i was like i felt the weird little bit of a release right all that shit that you can't throw away because you have the sentimental value You're just to it. Yeah, all this somebody crap. gave it to you or yeah like so, all that's gone like you can do anything. You can start point. new, and you could just get on a plane and go somewhere, and right? Start a new, like starting a new save game on a video game. You're like, I can just, <laughs> I can just ignore all the baggage of like, did I pick up all the treasures? Did I pick up all that? You can just start fresh. Start fresh. But you need to have that kind of forced on you in order for that to happen. Possibly. Some people do it uh, will, willingly. Uh, I know I have a few friends, uh, a couple, a couple actually, who have done it so many times. They've moved to Japan and just. Get got rid of everything they had, mm, and yeah. and just now, a month ago, I think, they got rid of everything they had and they decided to live on a boat, oh, and yeah. work from a boat. Yeah, wow. So they've you done that same thing. That, yeah. And you know, there's some people who can do that, you know, mm-hmm. voluntarily, 
but it usually it needs to be forced on you and i have to admit like we had talked about it in the metro um i have to admit at some point after you know the reality of having lost my cats and everything like because before that i kept thinking about them but once it was real i have to admit there was like i still had that flash also of i'm not and i'm a very i'm a quasi hoarder so i was like okay i i don't have any more of that stuff so now what do i do so i had that flash too just not in the same way but uh, yeah it's true it's like uh not your for me it wasn't i'm free but it's like where do i go now what do i do now like i can you know it's like an uh, a fresh start a, fr- a fresh start but like more it's like okay the the like i just have so many possibilities of where what i do now like yeah also know. who am i who am i who am i i'm not my stuff i'm not my stuff right? and it was a, it was a fight club moment like uh, right. am i my stuff like am i my stuff really mm-hmm. yeah you well know? a little bit our stuff yeah or, or i definitely was not while stuff. teaching uh while teaching uh, okay this is going to sound like left field here but uh, teaching you'll reel it back in eventually. i'll try <laughs> um, i'm 50 50 yeah <laughs> worst case scenario you'll just take care of it right yeah you're the, pro. You're, the, you're, the, you're the pro in this room um uh teaching english which i do part-time okay um i've done for a long time whenever i'm uh, i'm teaching tenses and stuff right uh, all the different tenses i try to also break the rules a little bit and teach people not just how what the rules are but where in life they will encounter these situations okay which books don't ever talk about really that's true they don't tell you like okay the present simple is like this and like the other thing but where in life does that tense actually come up verbally right so i tried to approach that and and i realized all this philosophy started to pour out of this thing that i kept teaching over and over and over and over and when i at some point i realized that People, we tend to maybe think of others or identify other people and think and conceptualize others in our lives based, we're essentially a collection of our stuff and the actions that we do repeatedly mm-hmm. with the most, with the most frequency, right? So if you play guitar and you play music all the time, you're like, oh, it's Danny, the music playing guy, mm. right? He's a, he's a hell of a guy, but like, that's your thing. Like these are identifiers just the things that we do repeatedly. So I think that's another thing that makes it so powerful when you decide to suddenly, when something in life or you decide I'm completely changing the record mm-hmm. and I'm going to go from a nine to five insurance salesman with uh, two dogs and three do- three uh, cars and uh, a weekend skiing routine to I'm buying a fucking boat mm-hmm. and I'm getting the fuck out of here, right? Yeah. There's a real power to that. That's true. There's a real power to that, and uh, yeah, that, that fire, man. I, I haven't thought about it for years, but it was crazy because uh, it turned out to be a criminal fire. Oh, oh, fuck! Yeah, somebody said it. Yeah, the was person who lived there, oh. and that's what was fucked up. Because I, now that I think back uh, again, I, I was telling Duff this when I was looking through the door and realizing it was on fire. The first thing that occurred to me was that I knew there was a family living there mm. with a kid, so I like banged on the door and stuff, and they hadn't been there at all they they were magically all gone and it turns out the the dad set the fire oh holy wow. shit yeah which is crazy because when he, you live in an apartment building yeah you're li- you could kill everybody in there everybody oh. the building looked like a, a fucking patriot missile hit it like that's what it looked and somebody did wow. die. yeah exactly incidentally i was gonna say that and somebody did, did die okay the, so somebody died yes but in this uh. listen to how listen to how right Jesus. This was a guy who lived with his sister, uh, was kind of squatting at his sister's house, 
because he was he had uh, depression problems and drug problems, and mm. his sister was kind of like harboring him and trying to help him get back in you know whatever. And he got out of the fire, so he got out of the building when it was burning because the whole thing didn't come down, just the top two floors. Okay, he died because he went back in to try to. This is a guy that never did anything but do drugs and like was in a really bad way. And suddenly during the fire, he went into like uh, hero mode and he just climbed up and he smashed a window thinking there was someone in there and there the person had gotten out, but he didn't know. And he ended up dying of smoke inhalation. Oh. Uh, so uh. like he died completely needlessly in a way, but it also was this moment of awakening. For, uh, just horrible, right? Yeah. Like, and to tie it in again to what we were talking about, a not positive insurance story is the other thing I remember other than these fucking firemen who, by the way, were princes. Mm. Mm-hmm. They stopped the fire six to eight feet into my apartment. You could literally see the line where their axes had managed to like cut open the ceiling enough to, to put an end to it. Wow. I realized when I retraced their steps that the first thing they did when they went through in my window is they shoved all of my belongings in the corner and they threw like a fire retardant tarp over it. Wow. Oh, that's cool. My computer, Glorious. my things, everything. Like, I lost some stuff to smoke damage, but essentially they saved all my belongings. Wow. Which is something that they should have, like, it was in no way their responsibility to do. Right? Yeah. So these guys clearly know they were in a relatively poor neighborhood, and, you know, most people here don't have insurance or, mm-hmm. you know, things to. But incidentally, they did something similar for me, too. They, they I yeah, think they, they still tried. Like, I mean, because it's not just, you know, it's not just, like, things sometimes things have a deeper meaning so yeah, i think sure. that maybe that's why too but anyway sorry i didn't want to so it's, it's, it's not going to be their top priority but if they can if they can if the they fact can, that they even that. address that yeah, and yeah. They, they factor that in is this like it just if i didn't respect and love firemen already like this just brought it up another 12 notches for me yeah. you know shout out to the firemen big big, big Definite shout, out. shout yeah mm-hmm. big fucking shout out to those guys yeah so um was I going to say is, yeah, the only other thing I remember is when I was standing outside is this fucking red Mercedes, uh, convertible Mercedes, like cherry red mer- convertible Mercedes pulling up in a alarmingly like out of the fuck nowhere. There's no Mercedes in our in that neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? Unless it's a guy with like rims. <laughs> you know, and he's lowered it, and he's kind of doing that whole the hydraulics. thing. Yeah, he's got yeah. the hydraulics, right? So this guy shows up, this pristine, gleaming red fucking convertible Mercedes, and out of it gets, I swear to God, a fucking cartoon character. He looked like a a male version of, um, he looked like Mr. Burns. <laughs> he looked like Mr. Burns, but taller, and he had, I'm pretty sure, like a hairpiece. And he was wearing like a Cruella de Vil style fur jacket, like fur coat with like a rever- the reverse lapel on it had like a uh, uh, leopard print on it. Oh it I swear to God, I, like it looked like you're making this shit up. I, it sounds like I'm making it up, right? Yeah, this totally. tall, gaunt, crypt keeper looking motherfucker with a toupee and a fur coat gets out. He's got these weird little fucking rings on his bony fingers. And he's got these shiny, gleaming shoes, like really shiny, like two-tone shoes. Leopard print fedora. But practically. <laughs> that's all that was missing, right? And But even with the car, this, this makes sense, this combo, right? This weird crib keeper dude with the car. And I, I just remember looking at him like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, where did he come from? 
and I could see him sort of creeping over to people who were clearly tenants, right, standing outside, and just like handing over cards to everybody. And I never found out for sure, but I think he was some sort of ambulance chaser, uh. Uh, fucking either insurance guy, or or he wanted to sue the insurance, or he was he was he was like he must have had either a scanner, a police scanner, or something somewhere because. Mm. Everyone else got the fuck out of that area, right? He just sort of like slimed in and he's starting to give out his fucking business card to people. And like, yeah. it was very odd. Mm. You know what? Very, that reminds me of something about the yeah. fire that I hadn't remembered uh, in a while also. Um, I was still in shock. I was in the, like, they had a bus, a heated bus and everything. Every, and the firemen okay. was, were really taking care of me. And I remember once once it was cleared, the fire, the, the main fire guy led me into the apartment to try to retrieve a few things i got out and this random guy approached me and he's like uh yeah hi i forget what he organization he rep- represented but he's like yeah hi i'm from so-and-so and uh do you want me to go check everything in your apartment make sure that it's okay and i'm like what and, and who uh, are you who are you and even the firemen were like yeah and apparently he represented an organization that's sort of alongside insurance but like to make a, a, an account of all your belongings that are okay or not okay. To take a cut off your settlement, maybe? Yeah, it was really yeah. weird. And I remember being in a really bad state in my mind. And I was like, what, what? And like, I didn't know what to do. And I was literally asking the firemen. And they're like, you know, like we know just these like, guys, like yeah, he seemed like, it felt like he was sort of like a vulture. Well, they and must I'm, see these guys at every fire, right? Probably. And yeah. so, so that your story reminded me of that too, because... Uh, at that point, I was so in shock. I just went to the fireman, like, "What do I do? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I hadn't dealt with insurance like in an actual crisis before, and I was like, what do I do? Like, is it is, You're is still this... in shock? I was still in shock. I didn't know what to do. These are these little these fucking rats that are trying yeah. to make a buck. And I was like, what do I do? Is this something with my insurance or not? And they're like, no, not directly with your insurance. And I'm like, so, so can I just say no? Like, fuck off. Like, they're like, yeah, just. Yeah, just deal with your insurance directly. Like, all right, no, no, thank you. The sewer. No, okay. thank you. And he, he just no. Literally, I, I remember having that image of, like, you know, a a, a weasel just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like <laughs> skittering back in the darkness. And I was like, what the yeah. hell? I wish I What's, had a picture was that? of that that crib keeper. That, but your sound, like mine wasn't a cartoon, but yours sound like this guy like was. A, I I never seen any of that. I've seen a lot of crazy shit in my life. I've seen. People at traffic, like a red light, sitting in their car at 8 in the morning, and they appear to be naked inside of their car, <laughs> like where everyone's going to work. And the guy just seemed like he was buck naked in his car and like acting completely like casual, right? I've seen some crazy shit. I don't know why. I just see crazy shit. But this ranks up there with the, one of the most bizarre individuals I've ever seen in my life. It makes me wonder. So I, I think we're probably all atheists at this table. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. agnostic whatever something yeah. something uh, I'm something <laughs> you're something oh you're definitely something <laughs> <laughs> somebody asked me the other day if I believe in evil if I believe that evil exists and my immediate reaction was to say no you know but you know you hear some stories like that you hear some stuff like that you hear about you know an earthquake or some terrible disaster happens and somebody decides that they're going to like uh profit off of it you know make a fake charity 
Mm. Oh yeah, whole bunch of that shit going. There's a bunch of that stuff. People There's... pretending to have cancer. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and Billy. Bilking their own Martin Shkreli, yeah. Why, fuck Martin Shkreli. My obsession. But people, seriously, people uh, 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 bilking their own coworkers that have known him for years. Yeah. And running a whole like I have cancer uh, campaign. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and to to make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff that has to do with weakness too, rather than evil. Yeah, I don't know. The concept of evil is just way too archaic and and. And extreme. It depends on your definition of it, right? Like, what do you understand as evil? Before you're asking us whether we believe in it, like, what does that represent for you? Well, that's the thing. Is that, I mean, uh, my I think my reaction was to say exactly the same thing. You know, I think that everybody's just kind of, you know, they're they're not born like that. They're they've probably reacted to a bunch of different situations that have led them down this this road. And like you said, it's most likely weakness. But in moments like that, when somebody is preying on people who are vulnerable extremely vulnerable uh it's pretty dark it's pretty dark it's pretty sure dark. dark yeah yes. well your rational intelligence wants you to once uh, immediately um forms this creature that feeds on desperation and wants mm-hmm. to like exploit but what you're probably dealing with is closer to like uh, a, a sociopath right yeah yeah. Like lack of understanding and lack emotional empathy, depth. Yeah, unable to. People who are doing evil are not doing evil like some Captain Planet villain. Like, I'm going to poison the oceans. Right. <laughs> right. Well, what's your game plan? How's that going to benefit you? Poison! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's not that kind of black and white. Like, right. most people who are doing stuff that you would consider evil are convinced that they have some kind of justification for it right, right. it's so. it's either perspective and, and their own views and what we perceive as skewed views or like you said a sociopath or a psychopath where incidentally they don't feel anything so it's not really evil it's just they don't perceive it as a bad thing yeah they yeah, don't you, understand how it could it doesn't be harmful yeah to somebody else or it doesn't what that compute. Really means yeah you can make a lot of excuses for different behaviors you know, right based on like oh well you know, if I'm not doing it, somebody else is going to do it. Mm. Yeah, for that. Only a lack of understanding of emotional resonance and uh, and, and feels mm. can contribute to what I think we sometimes we see as pure evil. But that's a lack of empathy. Right. That's what, I, that's is what I, I, that I believe in. The, 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 a lack of empathy, and that's actually a pure sociopath, is someone who doesn't feel empathy because they can't associate what other people are feeling to what... And in fact, to attribute somebody's actions to just pure evil is, in fact, a lack of empathy mm-hmm. in its own right. You yeah, know? that's yeah, true. You're that's unable to empathize with where they're coming from. Yeah. Well, like just just yesterday, I was watching some forensic show, and uh, some redneck couple in Texas, um, young couple, um, they find the guy burned to death in his car. And they know that he it was him because they find some like some personal belongings of his, and so it's really sad. And then the the girl, the wife, the widow of this guy, does this whole like please like she puts out signs on her yard like please help me I'm alone I with kids I'm a widow, and the whole community like just immediately kind of like for you right they mm-hmm. come out they're giving her free uh, they're watching her kids for free um, mm. somebody gives her an old car they had and. This is not a rich community, right? These are really like hillbillies. Um, 
and they they all like outpouring of love and support and anyways fast forward turns out dude's alive um and he's been sneaking he snuck back into his house a couple months later and his idea of disguising himself was to like dye his hair (laughs) right and call himself like joey instead of bobby right but he's got kids his own kids are like it's dad right and he's like no 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 your dad's gone i'm joey i'm your mom's you boyfriend and you're like listening to this fucking story as, as as you find out that this couple concocted this whole thing so they could get his insurance from his death oh. and start a new life somewhere and you're like this guy like told his own kid that he wasn't alive and to his face like the more you hear you're like okay this sounds completely debased and evil and demonic but this could only be executed by someone who is lacking certain mechanisms like mm-hmm. feeling it's like a feelers. slightly darker version of mrs doubtfire no, yeah. oh, Jesus! Slightly oh, shit! <laughs> That's fucked. Well, Mrs. Doubtfire is actually a pretty dark movie if you think about it. Oh yeah, it's really to answer up. your question though, uh, whether there are people that are evil Good or not, point. I don't know about that, but I feel like we are able to create evil things. That I believe there are evil inanimate objects. Oh, okay. Such as uh, fake maple syrup. <laughs> which they never told us was fake yeah until that day you're having pancakes and you're like pouring on and you're like la, 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 you're having breakfast and the waitress walks over like would you like some uh some some maple syrup you're like yeah that's what i'm oh no that's just table syrup what the fuck is table syrup yeah. so that's that that's evil. That's evil. that sounds like a joke but it's that to me is evil mm. and it's evil because <laughs> because the person that created it might have been a sociopath and not felt anything wrong with deceiving millions of people. So what the fuck is table syrup made of? Corn, cornstarch. What the do you tears think? of the righteous? No, man. <laughs> <laughs> the tears of the righteous. You know, you, you know what I just saw? Made from corn, man. It's the corn. It's the whole corn, uh, the corn uh, syrup, mafia. Yeah. Uh, In- incidentally, it's. I, I just saw something on, corn on Facebook syrup. with uh, bitters, bitters for drinks that are made out of your tears. Uh, oh yeah yeah i saw that yeah yeah, yeah. it's so funny but that reminded yes. you of that but uh yeah it's probably it's, very it's a lie and it's uh it's evil it's, I, I it's honey too it's Apparently, evil. Like the, the honey that comes in like the bear container has like zero honey in it that is so mm. fucked up i have been I, bear honey has since i was like two yeah bear honey for that to be a lie if that is not god if that's not fucking evil <laughs> danny that's evil. Because, that evil because to create it like I said I'll give the benefit of the doubt to the asshole who came up with that like hey we could just switch it out on these assholes they, don't, they won't know we don't have enough honey there's no money mm-hmm. the bees are dead whatever. the bees are dying but so, that thing has existed for minimum 50 years mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a perpetuated yeah. lie thousands of conspirators that, that object there needs to be destroyed it is a symbol of evil <laughs> so in that line of thought then I can't believe it's not butter is not evil because it's being honest about not correct. being butter yes, correct yes yes right. you are you understand what I'm saying okay that I, is I, exactly I, it they're authentically not butter mm-hmm. yes okay. and this, uh, this week the parmesan cheese thing came out saying oh. that it was like well what did they do like wood. <laughs> it's like it's like sh- like Sawdust? shredded wood what <laughs> it's like <laughs> what I don't know like parmesan Amazon is fucking sawdust. I don't know. Some of it is, yeah. See that sawdust. evil again. That it's is like that is evil. Yeah, that is like a feeding evil. Feeding people sawdust and calling it parmesan. Yeah, 
Would you like curious about this bitters sawdust? that's that's made out of tears? It's hilarious though. Is it white male tears? Because that would be, that'd be <laughs> white straight male tears. I feel it should be cisgender g- gypsy tears. Yeah. Gypsy tears. Those are the gypsy sweetest. Tears, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the sweetest of all tears. So we'll then, craft which... singles and cheese whiz also because it's gray apparently when it's uh yeah. Anytime I'm like somebody goes like oh no no no. It's we don't have any cheese. We we have um, McDonald's sauce, or we don't have any mayo. I'm, I I I made that mistake. Like, please hold the mayo. They're like, what mayo? Like, <laughs> well, the mayo. No, no, no. That's McDonald's sauce. What? It's or mayo the, flavored. Mayo the flavored. fuck are you yeah, talking? Yeah. Like, or even the beef patties. They're not. They're they're, they're like, oh, ten percent. Yeah. Beef the fake meat. No, no, that they say one hundred percent beef because the brand name is one hundred percent. Apparently, beef. that's actually really? no beef in there. Really, oh, there's like a small percentage of beef. Well, the the little beef that's in it is one hundred percent beef. I'm assuming. I yeah, I'm sure it's one hundred percent beef, but not the parts of the beef you want. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I I think this is. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. But I, I think I, I think it was like the brand name of. I think that's the, a myth. That's hilarious. Is but it? that that would be. I think I don't that know. was a myth for a very long time. Yeah, it could be. It could be. If it's true, it's amazing. Okay, but it would check, not surprise we'll check me. Fact checking. We'll the reason people are so ready to believe in that is because they have and continue to fuck us this way socially every day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, it's like Kentucky Fried Chicken. Chickens have like four beaks and no wings. And right, like that whole thing, you know, or Man of Steel. <coughs> Again, that was a uh, good movie. A lie, right? <laughs> they told us it was a Superman movie. It wasn't a Superman. Movie. Wait, wait a second. There <laughs> is there a disagreement here about Man of Steel? Absolutely not. Uh, no, 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 no. We agree. Okay, we agree. We agree it's, a bad... it's a horrible movie. Okay, but it's that same hate. But we've had that debate on the show before, right? Okay, uh, Jamie. With Jamie, oh, what I'm oh, saying, oh shout God. out to Jamie. It's, it's shout, shout out to Jamie. Jamie. We love you, um, Jamie, but we don't love your opinions. <laughs> your opinions like suck. And if you want to do something about it, you have to come back on the show. You better come on the show. I, I totally be it. in on that for a geek debate on that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. But that's this is the same thing I'm talking about. It's uh, right, Jamie. You're booked. You're booked, Jamie. At the end of the day, evil to me is is uh, a concentrated conspiracy to take advantage of your of your like good nature. Like that to me is evil. Mm. Someone. Pretending to have cancer, mm. someone coming to you and trying to extort you at your weakest moment when your chips the chips are down and you every, your your life is fucking going up in smoke in front of you like hey uh, you know you could get a settlement and that bullshit like all that to me those are check your constructs place, see what you lost and what you didn't lose yeah <laughs> the people you can take or leave but or the say, fact that those oh. mechanisms are in place I, I i would say yes evil does exist i i would say i i would say an evil person i don't think exists evil acts yes. maybe people are but capable I, of evil yeah people are capable, capable of evil but i don't think inherent evil is a thing there's always this is why like i value empathy but also not just empathy but trying to empathize with actions or people and trying to understand what led them to doing such a thing Mm -hmm. and then you just like backtrack and go like okay why did they do x and then why what made them predisposed to doing this and then like you sort of backtrack and you understand eventually like maybe some person is a pure sociopath and you're like oh okay well, that's sometimes why. no matter what you look at the answers right sometimes you're like no they had a comfortable home loving parents but then 
answer is probably sociopath or psychopath. And then and that, that explains... Case, it's mental illness, right? Exactly. It's not... I think we're or, too quick to jump to that conclusion. For a sociopath or, or a psychopath? Yeah. Well, like the, the school shooters, you know, like all those guys. Like, uh, there mm-hmm. was a whole debate about that. Whenever one of those fucking people goes ballistic, shoots up a school, shoots up this, shoots up that... Um, the um, the government, the politicians immediately come out against and starts throwing words around about mental that illness. This person's sick. Clear, this is a sick individual. Sick, 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 sick. But that's also a defense against the whole gun control thing, right? But but honestly, th- there is no such thing as a purely malicious person for no other reason than being malicious. Like, right. there's always going to be a why. Right. To the apart from yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> apart from that, right. or or Michael Bay, but Michael Bay. Well, uh, Jerry Michael Bay is pretty much a product of. I believe he was he's harvested the in a to satchel the... in an egg he pod off of Jerry Bruckheimer. This is another podcast we're talking about here. But yeah, yeah. There you go. The point is that yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But the, yeah, I mean, the, the, a human being is is just. In my opinion, there's no good or evil. It's just we're people, and then there's always a why to what and ones what ends up leading to a certain action or a certain way, a train of thought, or so you, whatever. You think every, any anything can be explained at some at some level? We just don't necessarily all have the the ways to perceiving what the problems are, or they're just misguided. That's misguided. Well, everything or, can be explained. Absolutely. Everything can be explained. Just because you don't have the answer doesn't mean that it can't be explained. That's that. That's again like the that comes back to the, the whole like religion thing. Like just because you don't understand something doesn't make it supernatural or or whatever. There's always even if you don't see all the facets to something doesn't mean that there are those fat there aren't those facets to right. to, to that thing. Martin Screlius's origin story too. <laughs> I've been actually uh, doing that. I've been listening to a lot of uh, interviews with him. To try to get the other side of the story. Yeah, I'm obsessed. I, I can't stop. I'm not particularly... <laughs> I, I, I can't... Apart from that act that was very popularized, you know? Yeah. Uh, which was the hiking of the drug prices. I, I kind of feel sorry for this guy. Yeah. He's, he seems like kind of a, a dude who's just really intelligent, therefore socially... <laughs> socially so badly to be loved. Yeah, it's true. And he, he seems like he's one of those kids that couldn't figure out how to get love, so he made being hated his style. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know like if you saw his interview. interviews. The Vice he, one, yeah. Where he's, like, squatting and, like, surfing around on, like, the, on the hoverboard. hoverboard. <laughs> it's just like, that was so oh, weird. You, you, you poor little... Poor little man. You're a millionaire and you yeah. live like a like a drug dealer in a hobo fashion with like five things in your apartment. You he just, opens up a two thousand bottle two thousand dollar bottle of wine, sits down to have chess, and they have chess. Oh, a Sicilian chess. opening. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. Like he's commenting yeah. on. Do you thing. always play the Sicilian opening? Yeah. Right. Like She's he like, I have no idea what move I just did. He's like, oh, it's a very common open. And then and then he felt the, the thing, need to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. And throughout yeah. the entire conversation, he's talking about like you know, and this is the. Uh, this is the way that the pharmaceutical. Oh, by the way, I'm I'm threatening your queen. So this is the way that the <laughs> pharmaceutical industry works. <laughs> Instantly, fuck Vice. I'm so disappointed in this fucking too, outfit, man. man. Vice sucks. Fuck Vice. Hey, they I, were. I've I've always been a huge supporter of Vice, but like there's another know, evil. I have a love. I have worse a love, hate and worse and worse. They they do such good things. I guess maybe they did probably pride themselves on the fact that they can provoke either emotion from people. But lately, so fuck cool. Vice, man. Yeah. How's that, though? I don't, I don't follow. Well, they, they're kind of known as the, like, I don't know if you consume any of it, but they're kind of known as the, like, anti 
media, right? Yeah, that's what I remember. Like, like when the Gulf War broke out, they immediately like I think they they Halo dropped a bunch of camcorders in Baghdad, and were asking residents in Baghdad to just film whatever the fuck was really going on, right? And just send back the footage so they could show us really what was going on in the Gulf War. Yeah, that's what I remember. And, and they like to do these raw, raw portraits of society and like the underbelly of everything. And like that's I think what we all fell in love with initially, right? right. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't know, Richard, what, what do you think? Where do you think they started going wrong? Because you've been following it a little bit closer than I am. I don't know, man. It just seems like really extreme for the sake of being extreme, particularly on certain topics. I feel it's like it's very, very one-sided and just irresponsible reporting mm-hmm. you know i shit, wish i could shit journalism yeah really really bad and I, I wish i could come up with like particular examples but i don't have them well basically memorized. probably not being accountable for anything be given that they're independent or something i guess it's well, well some of the cool things about vice was you know them going into uh north korea and you know like uh, some of like the, 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 the tv show it was amazing yeah, the vice fashion guide week. stuff is really cool colombian fashion week was amazing but some of the people that they hire to do the uh, editorial journalism, I find, are just absolute Shite. garbage. Shite. I find it so like they're going for shock value more than and anything. And fucking yeah. hipsters. It's they, really, really fucking horrible. Fucking hipsters. Like the girl, incidentally, that was doing the interview with Shkreli, Uh, You know, I don't want to dog her because she's a girl because that's not what the problem was. But they, this person was like literally could not talk properly, had nothing journalistic about her. Like she, she was just weak. Week, was, week, week. It was disappointing that they um, that they had somebody who it didn't seem like she went into it with very much uh, research. Yeah, and it would have been nice to have somebody that was a little bit more uh, informed on how yeah. the pharmaceutical industry works. Some silver could, fox motherfucker who could like take him to task. Yeah, it was like I, mean, he I think was talking any, to a high school student. Anybody could have done it. Anybody could have done it uh, if they had some kind of you know uh, agency journalistic integrity to 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 do a bunch of research first figure out why is everybody so mad at this guy and ask those questions you know yeah, he basically just toyed with her for like an hour yeah she came in completely uninformed and then asked some pre-prepared like some pre-prepared questions softball bullshit questions yeah and the the onus was on him in order to defend himself whereas she should have had some kind of ownership in that well what yeah i mean she in that discussion she like they couldn't it, it find didn't one seem like she to... even knew what who the fuck he was yeah and then and then you would you would hope and it's not you know you can give anybody uh, a good uh, list of questions and then have them go in and they can they can do a, a decent job of asking those questions. It's about how do you rebut against their 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 rebuttals? You know, she had like nothing. So it's, it's you ask the question, he says his thing, but then you have absolutely nothing to to counter with, and that's where it becomes really important to have done your research because you need to be able to counter the 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 sound bites and the yeah exactly. lawyer prepared statements. It yeah. seemed like she just had the right look. Yeah, for yeah. vice. Right, you know, right. like oh, it looks like she hasn't taken a shower in a couple of days, and yeah. she's wearing a toque. So. But Vice has always had <laughs> Vice has always had uh, a mix of um, there is that very like hipstery kind of uh, uh, anti culture sort of sort of thing. Uh, but there's also the they they do some pretty yeah sometimes they're interesting like edge, edge, yeah. yeah and particularly if you watch the um, 
the HBO show, you know, they, they're still doing interesting things, very much like the Vice Guide to Travels that they used to do. Yeah. Um, that's still going on. And in fact, uh, I believe that they're, they're going to be starting their own news, 24-hour news channel. Yeah. And that's, I think I'm that's... I'm excited about that. I think that stuff you'll see a lot more of, like, the actual journalism and not so much the... the anti-culture kind of I know man I think that their that their take on international issues is still quite good yeah their take on anything having to do with uh, North America is just total garbage balls mm. yeah you know this goes back almost to our first podcast when when we were discussing how uh, all of these movements all of these anti flare up revolutionary kind of feels um, end up kind of sacrificing something at some point and doing themselves in just by being uh, having to keep going right mm -hmm. like if uh, if vice had been some sort of crazy uh, revolutionary movement and he'd come in and just blown everything the white wide the fuck open and just criticize everything and expose the lies and the seed of like traditional media whatever and then we're like peace out right and just left this crater um, they may have preserved what they were built in the foundations of what they were built on. But as they grow into a media outlet, I think we're, we just have more. We're, we're probably going to have a couple of people left over that are going to be doing it old school. But we're going to see, unfortunately, I think uh, any, any revolutionary movement that becomes an establishment thing or an industry tends to eventually get soft. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see how it plays out for sure. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, I, I still I haven't given up hope yet. Uh, definitely, I'm I'm disappointed by them uh, on a regular basis. But then there's still times where I'm where I'm pretty impressed. So but Duff I, Duffman, sorry, go ahead. But at the same time, I think it's just it, it's it humans are the the, the weakness that they, they're always they're fallible. So obviously, sometimes there's things that are gonna go south but it doesn't necessarily mean that a movement or it, it, like something like that isn't needed just sometimes things may go south but it doesn't mean that it there's no need for it though no there's absolutely a need for it <clears throat> yeah absolute need for it i just think that at some point they need to go home and get move think about the next thing because as soon as it becomes a transmission rather than a statement mm -hmm. uh all signals degrade well, that that's, was fucking that's, deep. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but that's what's hard to, to discern, though, when oh, it's no longer needed. Oh, that's a good band name. <laughs> oh, band name called it. <laughs> In stereo. Yeah. <laughs> All signals degrade. So, sorry, um, uh, Duff, you were saying? Uh, no, that was about it. But what were you going to ask? What I was going to ask you is kind of to wrap this up. Yeah. Um, but only this time, because you definitely you have to come back. Sure. I'd be glad to. We're not. It's not just a thing. Like you have to come back. Yeah, for sure. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, kind of leave things off on a sort of on a on a good note. Mm -hmm. um, what are you looking forward to now? What is the next? Is there a thing? If there's nothing, you can say there's nothing. But no. what is the next step for you now that you've got your life back? Um, definitely projects. I mean, I have a few contracts on the side, but it's projects right now. I mean, there's a project I'm actually working with, uh, Fred. Fred Nguyen, uh, that I can't wait to. We're coming for you. We're coming yeah. for you, Fred. Uh, that I can't wait to. Uh, it's actually a collaboration because he works on. Uh, obviously, he's a stunt actor and, and all that stuff. But he, uh, 
uh, and an actor, but he works on short films, and we have an idea for a short film, live, a mix of live action and animation, which is awesome. So I can't wait for that. My own project that I, is still in the works. And can I uh, direct it? Can I, I, I can direct it. The, the, uh, we actually, uh, do you know Toby Garceau? No, but I can direct it. <laughs> well, it was actually a brainchild of uh, Fred and me and Tubby. But okay, that's why I should direct it. Though, nah, there you go. You need a fresh perspective. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Plug, plug, okay. plug. So you've got this I'll joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, collaborations <laughs> okay. and, uh, you know, projects, tiny projects, you know, bigger projects. Uh, yeah, just, I don't know, being creative. Okay, well, I know you're a huge comic book freak. Yeah. Like I am, like a bunch of people are that mm-hmm. we've had on the show. I know you like movies. Mm-hmm. I know you like a lot of the this cool stuff. So um, we definitely should come back. Yeah, for sure. And we should just just jam. I mean, like uh, geek out. Yeah, hardcore geek out. I'm definitely good for that. Uh, I think I, we need to do an episode like that. We, we need, need to, man. Like I mean, co- we haven't done a comic book geek out. Fest. The guy has a a, a fucking Green Lantern uh, tattoo on his finger, right? There you go. So this needs to happen. All right, it's I'm in. You're and, in, and as long as You're Jamie in. doesn't show up, we're fine. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Can we just start ragging on Jamie every time? Sure. Can we do that as a We as a were segment? doing that? Oh, Fucking with Jamie. Yeah, like, yeah. that could be just like a segment. <laughs> yeah, a little segment. <laughs> yeah, so definitely, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Um, it's been a pleasure, too. We so respect and appreciate the fact that you opened up uh, these really personal things that's ha- that have happened to you. I hope we didn't pressure you into any of it. Not at all. It's my pleasure to talk about it. Cool, man. So, yeah, man. We're really, 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 really fucking happy that you're with us. Thank you. And, um... Yeah, man. And thanks for having me. Thanks for coming, dude. Fire in a hole. Yeah, that was great. Love you, man. You guys are great. Your faces are great. Check us out on iTunes. Uh, rate, subscribe, uh, leave us some comments on uh, SoundCloud. Yep, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, we're on iTunes. Um, spread the word if you like what we're doing. Um, let us know if you have thoughts about the show. And, uh, you know, send us messages if you want to be part of the show and if you think you have something cool to contribute fire on the whole podcast at gmail.com <laughs>